Yes, people, it's episode 257 of Griff's Brain Dump. It's me, Griff, obviously. It is Sunday, the 2nd of January, 2022. It's, uh, yeah, New Year. Happy New Year, everyone. What do you do to celebrate? Um, do people even celebrate New Year anymore? I can't remember the last time I actually went out to celebrate New Year. If I can recall all of my previous New Year's of the past, I think, five years. 2017 to 2018, working. I was gigging. Um, year before that, actually, even 2016, 2017, gigging. So 2016, 2017, gigging. 2017, 2018, gigging. 2018, 2019, on holiday. 2019, 2020, honeymoon. 2020, 2021, we've been in lockdown, right? Um, so not sure what it did last year. I can't remember. Uh, and then 21, 22. Uh, we sat indoors, we watched TV, had some uh, no secco, some non-alcoholic Prosecco. Is it because I'm doing dry January? No, nah, I'm pretty sure I'll have a drink at some point. But, <laughs> but uh, I just didn't fancy being hungover for no reason. Then, uh, yeah, I just watched TV. Had ice cream, I think I had some ice cream as well. That's why they brought in New Year. So what do you guys do? Go out raving? Remember you used to proper go hard for New Year's. You had to have a motive. You had to go out somewhere. I remember years, 10, maybe 15 years back, I remember probably the best drinks deal for a New Year's. It was £40 ticket to get in. And then it was all you can drink for £40. And, um, yeah, that was up in Birmingham. And the only only, um, caveat was you had to bring your glass back to get another drink. You could only order singles as well so what the trick was was to find people's glasses so if they had a loose glass you find it sweep it off the table and then you go to food so i'm getting a drink for my mates just to say the order can i have uh, a straight jack daniels and a jack daniels and coke please and then you just turn around like cheers mate turn around pour that jd into the jd and coke. oh we've got a double we've got a double oh there's another glass there let me nick that uh you got silly towards the end of the night you know, obviously people are leaving. Um, we're uni students. We're trying to stay there t- for the whole night, trying to get all of our money's worth. <laughs> I think I ended up throwing up in the alleyway next to my friend. Anyway, that was back then. This is now uh, 2022. You've got your New Year's resolutions. Have you broken them already? Are you going to go to the gym or have you been set foot in the gym? Are you waiting till Monday to start your healthy eating, your healthy drinking? Or was 2021 so mental for you? That you're just like, you know what? I'm done with New Year's resolutions. 2020 and 2021 has just been one long, messed up year, I feel like. Just all of it together. Just, it, uh, I feel like a lot of my memories, I think, happened in 2020, happened in 2021, and vice versa. Just blended into one, you know, clusterfuck of a year. But on balance, my years. Well, it was good. It was a good year last year, I suppose, on balance. Um, started off crazily. Um, you know, started off crazily, which something we'll talk about. I'll probably talk about in my next comedy hour. But um, we had our scan with Zadie, and that scan was not great. Uh, so the year started with a big dark cloud over it. And then, you know, March, we bought a house. Uh... And then also, I think March is when we got um, a more positive scan. 
and then just started going a bit up from there really and then July she was born and then it's it's just been crazy I've changed job it's um and then here we are new year and see what comes up in the in the new year but it's but yeah last year was was an up and down. it was it started down then it was an upward trajectory so it ended on the high I feel like so hope everyone else's year was decent if it wasn't well marking your life by dates is quite arbitrary and you know your life can turn around at any moment so there you go anyway you can hear music in the background it's actually bedtime here in the Griffiths house so not for me for or not for no me or for Zadie to get her into bed and I thought I'll rec- rather than help out with the bed routine I'll just uh, record the podcast instead <laughs> that's what I thought I'd do but um right what is what's been going on I've got some notes what what we've got here what what have I been doing I've been during this period of between Christmas and New Year's, which is called Christmas. Um, yeah, I think I've said on previous podcast, 12 days of Christmas, first day of Christmas is Christmas Day. So when people go, you know that between Christmas and New Year's period, it's like Christmas. And people are like, what? But that, that's what that period's called. It's Christmas, 12 days of Christmas. So all the way up to the 5th of January. Um, yeah. Well, I've just been on social media, not really interacting, just seeing some hilarious videos and some troubling videos. One video I saw, though, was the boy being trampled by one of the Queen's guards, um, which has got mixed reactions. I think about... Hmm, depends where you're looking. But it's about 50-50, to be fair. It's 50-50. 50-50 of people going, oh, my God. Uh, it's the boys... It's, um, Oh God, what are people talking about? Saying that the guards can't stop. Uh, are we really just, you know, throwing humanity to one side for these arbitrary, silly rules, these, these traditions? A little boy just got trampled by a full-grown man. Why are people laughing at this? What's wrong with people? What's wrong with this country? This is everything that's wrong with this country. And the other side of the people were like, oh my God, that's hilarious. That's the boy's fault. That's the mum's fault should have moved I'm in camp too <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not saying uh, I can't say it's the boy's fault it's a, it's a child um, and at first I thought the mum like she's trying to go for the guard then she kind of remembered oh they're both armed both armed guards I'll get killed illegally if I try to fight this guy and another part of me thought you know what if she was because she had other kids with her and all the other kids were out of the way so someone tells me that she's been telling him, listen, all I've been telling you, like, just calm down, it, relax, relax. And then when he just got licked down by the guard, I can imagine his crumpled body on the floor when she dragged him up. She's like, good, now get up. You know, you know, you know, parent, parents be right. Once they've told you something, and what they told you is going to happen happens, and uh, they know that in public, you've, they should show you some sympathy, but they're too mad. I can't remember when I was in Tesco as a kid. I was about four. You know, on the, the bar of the trolley, it says, you know, where children shouldn't hang off. They shouldn't hang off the side. You know, I understood what that sign meant. Uh, but I thought, I'll try it. Hang off the side. Flipped the trolley over. Trolley landed on my legs. I'm trapped under the trolley now. Can't get it up. Um, I remember I remember feeling like Tesco went silent. Everyone's looking. My mum is a mix of... Um, she, she knows I'm fine. She knows I'm not hurt. 
So she's just a mix of angry at me and embarrassed. So I know she kind of, she wants to beat me. Now, my mum isn't someone who used to beat me anyway. But I felt like she wanted to beat me at this point. <laughs> just being so embarrassing. It's so noisy. Like, my mum's honest people was just go through life without any attention on her. And I've just flipped a trolley over in Tesco. I'm just stuck under. Ah. And like, she doesn't even want to help me. She's just kind of looking at me stuck. And other people come running over like, oh my God, is he okay? Is he okay? Is he all right? And she's like, he is fine. <laughs> he is fine. It is his fault. Do not help him. And I feel like that's what this parent was with the kid who got trampled by the guards. She's like, do not feel bad for this kid. It's his fault. Because I haven't heard any statement from the mum. And this, apparently the guard checked like after he got to his, his station, his post did say, I hope, is the, is the boy okay? You know? But, um, but no, man, it, it, <laughs> it just cracked me up. Really, really cracked me up, man. Oh dear. But, um, as a son, I'm just looking at the TV. We've got to play Chelsea three times in the next five games. Mad. Um, and they've got no Mendy. They've got Kepa, Arifa Malaga in goal. Um, right, what else happened this week? What else happened? Um, Gien, Gien Maxwell. Jiz Lane, as my wife called her. Well, I guess if you've never heard the name said out loud, then it's Jiz Lane, right? Because I, I don't know that name other than this woman, Gien um, Maxwell. Yeah, she's been convicted. I haven't followed this trial at all. Um... I haven't followed this trial at all yet. I've probably seen the headline about it every day, but I've also seen statuses from people going, ooh, you see the mainstream media not reporting this. They're covering it up. They're covering it up. And I'm like, I've literally not followed this case and I've seen a headline every day. So it just shows you like the whole echo chamber, the whole algorithm thing that, you know, I swear they, they, they must know. All the social media must know this guy believes it's being covered up. Don't show him anything. And everyone else is like, yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's not being covered up. They keep him getting news updates. I literally got, when the, when the verdict came, I got it through the app update. I think update just updates me on like news. So I actually got a notification on my phone to say she's been convicted. And I have generally not interacted with any article about this woman because I just haven't really cared enough. Like, yeah, it's bad what they did, but it's like, it's not actually that different to other crazy things that happen in the world, right? It's just we had a Netflix documentary about it and there's celebrities involved. So, <laughs> that's literally it. Sex trafficking happens all the time. Um, I mean, it's not like a big numbers. The only thing would be interesting if, uh, if they come for Prince Andrew, right? That's the only thing. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Everyone's going, watch her. It's going to be, she's going to die in her cell, going to commit, quote unquote, suicide. Um, you know, will she name names? Who knows? Who knows? Who, who actually cares? But it's the thing about people's viewpoints on, on news before, you know, before the story completes, really. You know, everyone jumps to their conclusions, then no one ever comes back and says, hey, I got it wrong. So everyone goes, yeah, they won't, they won't, uh, they won't convict her. 
she'll die before the trial. That that was the first prediction, right? When 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 uh, Epstein died, it was oh she's next, she's gone missing. Where how come we don't hear about her? Where's she gone? Oh, they're hiding her. No 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 no. Then she appears. Hit trial date set. Oh, she won't make it to the trial. She's gonna die. She'll get assassinated. She's gonna kill herself. Ha ha. Then she makes it to the trial. Well, she's not gonna get convicted, is she? She's gonna get off. She knows too many names. She knows too many things. She's gonna get off. They're gonna give her community service. <laughs> she's found guilty. No one ever goes back, goes, yeah, no, I posted that, I got it wrong. Like the guy who broke into Windsor Castle with the bow and arrow. I saw so many little posts and memes going, because he was arrested. I was like, mm. How to say you're white without saying you're white. Oh, obviously a white guy. Oh, mental health, faith. Now I know that he's white. That everyone gave it. Oh, if it was a brown guy, he'd be a terrorist. And then literally the other day I saw a picture of the guy. Um, and the guy's name, um, if, you, if, you, <laughs> if you need to see a picture after I find out the guy's name. Uh, the, the guy's name is Jaswant Singh Chael. Chahil, Chahil, Chahil. Um, Singh, that would make him, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, listeners, Punjabi, Sikh, maybe, I think. So, all I'm saying is, um, not a white guy. Most definitely not a white guy. Um, I guess if you want to do the gymnastics and shifting, oh, well, if he was Muslim, they would say a terrorist. Maybe, but I don't think... With that nuance, right? We're either doing the Islamophobia slash racism thing, or we're not. Yeah. Like, because I've always said, um, well, I haven't always said, I heard someone say it and I agreed with them. So, yeah, Islamophobia, yeah, it's about religion, but it is a race thing, right? It's definitely a race thing. Um, so, I don't think first responding armed units going to the palace when there's a guy with a bow and arrow walking around you know Windsor Castle sorry they're going to check if the guy's Muslim or not they're going to see a brown guy and let rip if I'm saying if they were if they're a racist right I don't know maybe they are racist maybe they're gun jammed and there's like ah we're just going to have to arrest him and bring him in alive I don't know I don't know but what the point I was making is is again, people make the assumption that, you know, and, and I get it, I, would have, I made a similar assumption. I'm not going to make out I'm this guy, worldly guy. When I heard the article, when I heard the story first break, and they didn't show a picture of the guy, I was like, yeah, clearly a white guy. He's even got a white guy weapon, a bow and arrow. I mean, a crossbow, sorry. That's, that's such a, you know I mean? White guy, mass killer weapon, that. And, um, no, he was brown. But I never posted that he was white. So I didn't have to go in and correct myself, but is is the but I just made the point that I thought one way and I've admitted I'll go it wrong. I just don't think people do that, right? And what we do is continue to go through life, getting things wrong, but just ignoring those times. Then any time we get it right, we go, yeah, told you, told you. I always get that stuff right. So no, you don't. We're so bad at predicting things, uh, so bad at understanding information, and. Um, we got that one wrong. Got that one wrong. Um, but talking about, you know, subtle racism. Here's a bit of racism that I do see. Uh, African Cup of Nations. Hey, eh? Ian Wright posted a video about it's the most disrespected tournament. 
I remember Sepp Blatter actually saying, um, "Who's you know this guy, the most corrupt guy, one of the most corrupt guys there, well, dev- definitely one of the most corrupt guys in football." So maybe not the best moral compass to use, but he said people need to stop talking about changing the date of the African Cup of Nations. This is the date it happens, and people need to get on board of it. Like stop disrespecting the competition. When this was years ago, people were trying to change it, and um, and it's one of those things that when players you know leave, it's like some coaches that really don't have to talk about it. They're like, nah, the player needs to stay. They need to decide what's more important to them, playing for the club or going to this competition. They represent their country, right? Now let's talk about this fairly. Let's remove race, the racial element from it, or you know, looking down. And African Cup nation. Let's let's take it in the best faith argument, right? Now let's take one thing. It was played in January, the middle of the European season. No other competition is uh, continental competition is done uh, like that, right? Um, but here's the thing. So why why is it played in January? I'll tell you why it's played in January. It's because I, I used to think it was due to temperature and climate, but uh, that's not actually true because they were actually going to play this tournament in 2019 in the summer. Um, and stuff. But so here, here's one of the things with AFCON. So it's played in January and it's played every two years rather than every four years. Okay, so all the other content competi- competitions are played every four years and then knocked out of sync from the World Cup. So if the World Cup's played in year one, the continental competition will be played in year three. And then the World Cup year five. Yeah? That's how it's usually done. So all of them, so the Euros, Copper America, uh, Gold Cup, they're all played every four years. But Cup Nations played every two years in January. So why is it played in January? Well, here's the thing. It what I think it was originally to do with, with temperatures, but it was also to do with um with it's just it's just been it's just how African seasons worked. That's just when they wanted to play the competition. And you got you got to remember right that African teams, um, African players weren't um, you know that prevalent in Europe. They weren't actually bought by European teams. Uh, African players weren't seen as as good. Um, if you were an African player, you tended to switch to play for a European team. Example, the, one of the greatest African players of all time, Eusebio, who opted to play for uh, Portugal, because I don't think Mozambique even had a team there because it's a Portuguese colony. But Eusebio, for example, one of Africa's greatest players. Um, and you have to remember, at the time of like the 1966 World Cup, I think, uh, Africa, African teams had half a place at the World Cup. So they had to do some weird playoff with, I think, like Oceania or something like that to get a team to get a place in the World Cup. So, uh, what the Africans team did is they boycotted the World Cup and said we're doing our own thing because you're not respecting us as teams, you're not respecting us as an organisation, you know. So they're like bun you guys. Um, mix that in with the um, the political and historical moments of countries getting independence, that kind of post-colonial uh, movement. And uh, there was a bit of African pride here to say, look, we're doing it every two years. So these African players get the chance to get the feel that prestige. They have to wait four years for it. And we're doing it in January because that's where we want to do it. Yeah. You, you don't want us. Fine. Then what happens is obviously African teams start growing in prominence. African players 
start growing in, in stature across Europe. Uh, shout out to your JJ Cotchers, your George Weyers, you know. Um, th- those players start growing in Europe. Then your Torre brothers, especially Yaya, Samuel Eto'o. You know, these players end up becoming, you know, they're big international stars now. These are, like the, these are some of the biggest players in the world. These are uh, Taribo West, I just thought about him, Riga Best song. Um, now, these guys become Lucas Kradibe, just, just really enough names. And then obviously in the Premier League now, don't forget the North Africans. I mean, Mustafa Hadji, who started in... He was in the Premier League, and obviously Mo, Mo Salah, Sane, the list goes on. So these um, these players start growing in stature, they start becoming more influential in Europe, and now suddenly your European team's like, hey, 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 it needs to move from January. And I like how the African, um, the CAF, um, the governing body of African football, said, no, 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 you didn't want us back then, and you didn't care when it was being played. Now you want us. We ain't moving for you guys. And I love the pettiness, the ignorance, the arrogance. You know what I mean? The, the pig-headedness, the stubbornness, whatever negative word you want to call it. I call it principled. I like the principledness of it, yeah? You didn't want us then. Now you want us. We ain't changing shit. That is when tournament's being played. And look, I don't think there's be any conversation about when that competition gets played anymore. It is what it is. People's got to get on board with that. Um, right, I think those are all the topics I wanted to talk about. Oh, actually, though, there's one more I want to talk about. Don't Look Up um, on Netflix. Uh, shout out to, I think it was Simple Simon on ESN who said that's his recommendation. That's mine too. Got a lot of comedian friends who didn't like it. I thought it was good satire. Mm-hmm. Good satire. And um, anyone who didn't like it, well, let's know your, your views. I had one one debate with a friend who didn't like it, and he just, just flat out didn't like the film. He didn't hear any real critiques of any particular points he didn't like or anything he wouldn't have done better. He just didn't like it. It's overrated. And that's one of my favourite uh, critiques of anything. Something is overrated. Like, how can you overrate something? It's either rated or you, you don't. Nothing's overrated. You see, it's not for you. I don't know what is possibly overrated. No, it's interesting to me. But don't look up. That's what I'd say. Go check that out. All right, let's stop messing around. Let's get into some uh, dear Deirdre now. Uh, where are we? Where are we? Where are we? Where are we? Oh dear, dear Deirdre, I enjoyed amazing sex on kitchen worktops with my dad's best friend. Wait, on kitchen worktops, that. The, the plural on worktops has made me think that um, they just have sex in different kitchens. Like if you said kitchen worktop, it made me feel like, you know, you had sex in a kitchen and you enjoyed it. But the worktops um, makes me makes it sound like it's the, it's the actual kitchen worktops that are turning you on. I don't know. Anyway. Dear Deirdre, um, I've been having secret, having a secret relationship with an older man who makes me feel safe and secure. Um, I wish I could be open, but he is my father's best friend and dad would go mad. 
um, I'm 24, he's 51, my dad is 52, I haven't told anyone about our relationship except for my best friend and I know I can trust her with my life because she's smashing your dad. Anyway, I've known my uh, lover for my entire life, gross, not for you, for him, I guess it's kind of gross for you as well, in fact he's my dad's friend from primary school, Jesus, and when I was little I always called him uncle fuck you know. Two years ago, um, we had a big surprise birthday party for my dad's 50th and I got closer than I ever to my uncle um, while organising the party. I'd always loved him. He's hilarious, ribs dad, and is so generous too. He recently separated from his wife and one night while we compiled uh, the party playlist, we started dancing together to the music. Why? We got... We both got caught up in the moment and started kissing in the middle of his kitchen. Without any hesitation, we undressed each other and had sex on the worktops. But our relationship is more than sex. Nah. I mean, your relationship is actually life or death. Because this isn't one of those ones where, you know, you're having sex with, you know, your, your friend's uh, sibling. You know, where it's like, oh, if they find out, they'll be mad. But, you know, if we are really committed to each other, they'll have to get over it. You know? They're really protective over their younger sister, but look, their younger sister's only two years younger than us, so what does it really matter? It's not that. This is your dad's best friend. Uh, your, your, your dad's, your dad's going to murder this guy. Um, if not, if especially as he's known you since you were little, it's not like it's a mate from work who they've got him close, they've been golfing a few times, then he meets you and he's only met you as an adult. This guy was there when you were born. You know, he was there at the hospital, bouquet of flowers for your mum, took your dad to the pub for a beer, and you were born. And now he's smashing you in the kitchen. Jesus Christ. Does that get it? I mean, I sometimes I understand, you know, the risque element of some of these sexual endeavours, but some of them, it's just like, there's other people in the world, mate. There's other risky endeavours you can do. This is just, to me, nasty. Ah, oh, dear. Um, let's see. Uh, All these other ones just seem, uh, they're, they're too deep. <laughs> Fooled by love. I'm 53 and put everything into a relationship only to be taken advantage of. Well, you said you're 53, which makes you think that the person you've put everything in a relationship, relationship with is under 35. Let's see. Um, at my age, you would think I could spot the users. I have been married, divorced, and have grown up children. Yet when a man came into my life a year ago, oh, right, you're a lady. Let's change my perspective. Now you could just be a regular woman. Because men can take the piss sometimes. They can women, but you know. Anyway, yet when men came into, uh, yet when a man came into my life a year ago, I trusted my instinct and put everything in our relationship. Okay. Uh, looking back, I see I was a complete fool. I'm 53, he's 56. I paid for everything, meals out, drinks, a whole new wardrobe for him. Dumb. I pretty much funded his whole lifestyle. He said he was struggling financially after his ex-wife took him to the cleaners. So what he should have been focusing on is going to the cleaners and getting his money back. You know? There's just sometimes when you're dating, right? 
and you meet people. There's other people out there dating and you are dating. And you're like, you, you shouldn't be on the field or play. You ain't got a license to play or you're injured or you're not skilled enough. And that's an injury. A guy is divorced and you take to the cleaners. Then no, don't be outdated, mate. It sounds horrible, but no. Sweet life out, get your money back. Start earning more money. Focus on that. Then get out there dating. I think people just like, Dating is fun, um, but you you got to be ready to be out there, mate. Otherwise, you're just fucking lots of other people up, just meeting strangers and messing up their lives. Anyway, I have since found out he still has plenty of money. Oh, dear. He dumped me out of the blue and is now parading about with a new girlfriend. Look, unless you're in any major debt, just uh, put it to the game. Charge it to the game, as they say. Um, so it goes sometimes just charge the game if you're in major debt then obviously take out some legal action but once anything under grand just leave it it's not worth it honestly it's just not worth it just just move on I think I've got an ex-girlfriend who's been like £400 so I just left it <laughs> just left it um, oh dear um, alright let's do this one taken for a mug I've been bringing up a little boy believing he was mine dear Deirdre for the past 8 months I've been bringing up a little boy believing he was mine but my girlfriend's just told me he's probably not oh, that's worse he's not even he's definitely not he's probably not so he keeps you like hanging on let's get a DNA test really quick to do anyway um, I've really bonded with this little boy and this news has devastated me um, I'm 28, my girlfriend's 26. We, when we first started seeing each other, we weren't exclusive. But when she got pregnant, she assured me the baby could only be mine. Now she has admitted the baby's dad is likely to be another man who is in a long-term relationship. Jesus. I wonder if she told me the baby was mine because the other man wanted nothing to do with her. Probably. Um, oh, why is the screen frozen? I don't know whether to simply walk away. Has she taken me for a mug? Um, no, don't simply walk away because the kid could actually be yours. Find out if the kid's yours. Really simple. Find out if the kid's yours. If he's yours, then um, do what? If she loves a woman, just let it go. Honestly, life's short. And uh, until this moment, you seem pretty happy. I don't actually lie to you, but if the kid's yours, then what's the point of breaking this all up, right? kid isn't yours Ooh. I mean if you bonded I guess it's become one of those ones where do you tell the kid if you want to stay in the kid's life or not guess your name's on the birth certificate and stuff right I don't know how that works if your name's on the birth certificate but then it's proven you're not the dad like are you legally responsible for that child anymore? I don't know how it works. Maybe you have a legal case say, I don't want my name off the certificate. I don't want anything to do with the kid. That's sad though, right? Oh, man. That's a rough one. But yeah, first thing, find out kids yours. Um, if it's not, then uh, yeah, you've got to decide. 
I guess if you decide you want to be in a kid's life, but then you don't want to be with the woman, she's going to go, well, you're not over their dad, so piss off. Yeah, it's just going to be painful. Painful, painful, painful. You almost actually have to decide whether you want to be with this woman before you do the test. That's what you need to do. Because it can work out the kid's not even yours. You can work, they still be happy families after, really. The kid doesn't have to biologically be yours to be yours, right? So, we'll see. Right, one more. Uh, well, this is mad. This is mad. Okay, dear Deirdre, my cheating husband has rejected me again. He's spending New Year's Eve with his mistress. You doormat. How are you going to know this and still just be there? I don't get it. Anyway, dear Deirdre, I so wanted 2020 to be a better year, uh, but my husband has left for the second time and now my life is in tatters. Rather, only a few days in. Uh, we've been married for 15 years. I said 2020, didn't I? 2022. Uh, we've been married for 15 years uh, and together for 19. I'm 45, he's 47. We have a grown up son. Six months ago, my husband told me he was unhappy and had met someone else, a colleague's sister. Mm, I'm the colleague. Really been hanging out with a colleague enough to meet their sister. Jeez. He said he felt our relationship had grown stale and that he was too young to give up on passion. I had noticed that his behaviour had changed. He became withdrawn and he'd, and he'd lost weight. Wow. I, but I never suspected an affair. We just suspected like super COVID or AIDS. Um, I actually thought he might be ill. <laughs> See, I knew it. I knew he thought he'd be ill and was worried about him more for me he quickly moved out of our house and in with his lover but he couldn't quite let go and i wasn't strong enough to resist because i still loved him he would message me he was messaged with no reason and visit when our son was over and um, he admitted he, he missed our friendship then two months ago we shared a bottle of wine and fell into having sex again even though i'm the one who is still legally married to him i felt dirty like i was his mistress but did you like it? Anyway, although, if I'm honest, I did get pleasure from knowing he was now cheating on his new woman and that he could have let me go. Knew it. Um, but more than anything, I hoped he'd come to his senses, beg for forgiveness and move back with me. Nah. Last week he came over and said he'd decided to spend New Year's Eve with her and that I would have to go on the holiday we'd planned alone. He said he was sorry to hurt me again, but it was the end for us. I don't know whether I'm coming or going. I can't stop crying. My friends say I must file for divorce and end things once and for all. But I don't know how to live without him in my life. Well, then that's your decision to make. You'd either go, look. Look, Alan. I need you. Because you don't want me. I have to swallow it up. His divorce. Final for divorce. I think infidelity is pretty good reason to, you know, take him to the cleaners if you want in the divorce. Now, if you really want him, you can't let him go. Just say, Alan, I'm willing to share you. And he's like, I, I don't I don't want you, Helen. He's like Yeah, sad thing is Alan, I want you. Go full bunny boiler. Just say the relationship ain't over. To keep on turning up the things as his plus one. It's like, yeah, well, we are married. Just keep referring to him as your husband. Just don't let him go. Fight for him. 
until the other woman just goes, then what? I want no part of this. And she leaves. That's what you do. Just piss all over him. Mark your territory. That's my advice. Anyway, people, that is the end of the pod. Um, Throat's all dry for no reason. And um, what's going on this week? Uh, 8th. Yeah, 8th January. Be at Top Secret in the afternoon, as always. Um, I guess I should try to gig before then, right? Probably. I'll, I'll try and find something. Uh, keep your eye out for that, I suppose. But um, if you don't hear anything before, then Saturday, 8th. Top Secret Comedy Club, that's Drury Lane, near Holborn, Covent Garden. Uh, I'll be there with the Band of Bash Boys. Anyway, people, that is the end of the pod. Peace.